How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks, and I have a new season co-star with me, uh, Dr. Amy Novotny. How are you doing, Amy? I'm doing well, Brad. Thank you so much for having me today. Very excited to be here and share. Absolutely. Thank you also for joining us. So uh, in this episode, I have Dr. Amy Novotny with me again. Um, and we were going to talk more about um, the aspect of some of the techniques she can help people with when in regards to pain. Now, this kind of hits a little more home for me, as uh, some of my listeners know some of the back issues I've gone through. I've had two uh, disectomies on my lower back just from, from just the amount of pain I was in. And, you know, rehab did help, but it was more of a not not being able to, you know, live my life, do my work with the amount of time that, you know, the surgeons and doctors said that some of these problems would go away. So I'm very interested. And I know a lot of my listeners have similar issues or, you know, completely different ones, but all, all regarding in pain. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain on how some of these techniques work and what you can expect from them. Sure. So with, let me go through some of the basics. So when we have pain, we are being, our body is telling us a signal that something is out of position or, you know, in the worst case scenario, there's something else organic going on, but let's say our body's out of position. Let's say you have some knee pain. You've been running or you're walking, or even told you to have bone on bone arthritis. Most of the times when you hear that, oh my gosh, I got an x-ray and bone on bone. I need to have a knee replacement you think something's wrong, or let's say you're a runner and you have front of the knee pain. You're like, okay, now I can't run. And that's not necessarily the case. What happens with pain is our muscles start to pull on something abnormally that causes a shift in position. Tissues start to pinch together. Now, obviously this is different than something like I fell and I busted up my knee or a cut or laceration. I'm talking about pain that just arises. The technique that we use also works for those other instances too, but let's say just pain shows up one day or you're in the middle of a run and pain shows up. Our nervous system, our nerves control the muscles and the muscles control the bones and the joints. So if we look at it and we say, okay, I want my bones and tissues to stop hurting. So that means I need to change the way the muscles are being worked. How do I change the way the muscles are being worked? Well, that means I have to affect the nervous system. Now there's two different ways that, well, there's many ways, but I'm going to cover two different ways that your nervous system works. If you pick up a bucket of water and you lift it up, if you look down at your arm, your bicep muscle was working. You can see it pop out. You can put the bucket down. You can see it go flaccid and soft. That's our voluntary control. If we go for a run, we're going to voluntarily tell our muscles, go do it. We don't, uh, you know, I don't have to sit there and think that we just do it, you know, think it and, and it comes to action. Now let's say I'm holding that bucket of water and all of a sudden you hear this bang and I think it's a gunshot. I'm going to tense up all over because I don't know what that noise is. And I can put that bucket of water down, but I'm still going to be tense all over my body, including in that biceps muscle. So that's called sympathetic tone. My body went on fight or flight mode and it caused a muscle contraction in my body without my body awareness. And I might realize it, my brain not, may not be fully aware of everything tightening up other than I'm ready to run. Now, let's say I look out the window and I say, oh, 
you know, it's just a car backfiring. Okay. It wasn't anything. Now I've cleared my mind and intellect to now think, okay, I'm no longer in fear mode and now I'm safe, but did I clear my body? Most often I don't. Most often we don't do that in our daily life stressors. So what happens then is our body starts to habituate to that level of tone and tension that all of my muscles are contracting and generating. And that's where things become a problem. Because if I don't look outside and say, oh, it's a car backfiring, and then just release my whole body, my body's going to start to retain some of that tension. It's going to stay on high alert. Now, if you think about in your daily life, work, finances, kids, you know, relationships, friendships, bosses, employees, all these things, even fitness, lifting, weightlifting, athletes and sports, all of those things add stressors to our life. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. And sometimes we need stress to boost us up and make us uncomfortable enough to change. But the problem is with all those little stressors, they add in that sympathetic tone I was just describing. And if at the end of the day, we don't relax out of that and let that go drop down, guess what? We've now habituated to it. And so that tension stays there. Our nervous system has now learned, okay, we're going to stay on. So then you do, you have another stress where you're at your limits, you're on complete high alert and you go to bed, you wake up next morning, all of a sudden you have pain because the muscles have pulled your bones and joints out of position enough that tissues start to pinch together. And this is when chronic pain develops. And because you've crossed over that threshold, you can't come down off of it. And so you're just in a cycle of pain. That's one of the things I was going to ask you is this fight or flight response. If, I mean, does this kind of, you know, with enough time go away on its own? I know the damage it does until it goes away, but can someone stay in this fight or flight response forever? Is that what, is that what you're saying about like chronic pain? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, if you don't recognize it and come out of it, your nervous system isn't going to change. Because if you're spending your day in this fight or flight status and you have forgotten how to exist without it, you have no driver to change. You have no driver to get out of it. And most of us don't change our life enough on a daily basis to test how to get out of it. You know, if you're in the same job, you have the same type of relationships that are stressful, your body's going to stay that way. And so the problem is, we need to change our internal wiring, but we don't know, know that we need to do that. Or sometimes we'll go to a healthcare practitioner, massage therapist, physical therapist, acupuncturist, uh, chiropractor, and they do wonderful things and they can get you out of pain temporarily, sometimes permanently. And it depends. Did your nervous system change enough with all those external modalities or applications of treatment techniques? Did it change enough that you drop down below that threshold and you can maintain a level below that. And sometimes they can, but then another stressor comes in, another stressor comes in and they end up back going to those, those professionals, which, and those people will help them again. And a lot of times that works and you have this pattern of going back and forth and it works. Sometimes it's just a vicious cycle and you're not, you're not fixing the core problem. Exactly. that's, That's what people need to understand and you know, yes. some of these, some of these uh, professionals you're going to can get costly over time. And it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. spiraling downward going forever, forever. So. Absolutely. 
<laughs> um, what about, uh, you know, chronic pain from different things and stressors versus like actual physical damage? Like in my case, a disc that tore, it physically, you know, herniated. Um, and then you mentioned like an ACL tear, like there's actual physical issue that happened. Can, can some of the stuff that you're, uh, you're talking about um, help someone get through it without having to repair that damage mm -hmm. um, and, and just build up scar tissue or it's just, it's a case by case kind of thing? Yeah, so obviously it's always case by case because someone's history determines a lot and we have to go through that. But I'll give you a little bit of a story. So in the Phoenix area, there's a very, very well-known naturopath. He works with all the professional, he works with a lot of professional sports teams around the country, like, you know, NFL or NBA players. And he was out, uh, I forget what he was doing, but he tore his ACL, MCL, and um, basically wrecked his knee. And he came to see me in a brace, um, limping brace, you know, I was a few weeks out from injury. And he's like, I don't want to have surgery. I really just don't want to have surgery. And I said, okay. And he said, I'm trying everything I can. I said, okay, well, let's get on the table. And I worked with him and got his legs straight, taught him how to calm his nervous down system down, had him sit up, got his knee bent. By the time he was done, he was done that one session. He was no longer using a brace. He had just a slight limp to his walk and he had these full tears. And we worked with him, you know, a couple more times. And then he was walking normally, completely normally. And then a session or two after that, he was back to playing tennis. And that was a full ACL tear. I've done this with rotator cuff tear. Whenever you have an injury and you have a physical change in your body tissue, there's going to be this neuroprotective response that happens, this guarding. That same tone I was talking about in the previous episode of lifting or previously, about lifting a bucket and having that sympathetic tone. Same thing here. When you have an injury, you have this protective nature that happens. Now, a protective response is a good thing, but our body is often trained to go into excess with it. Because we're all ramped up with our daily life, our body ramps up when we get an injury. So we want to shift out of that and calm ourselves down so that our body can let go. And so that's how this actually works. And it shifts the body. So like, for instance, with your herniated disc, was it for, did you pick something up and it herniated or do you know the origin? Yeah, I um, uh, was moving some equipment from one gym to the other. And I tripped over a eyeball that we have screwed into the concrete when we hook our battle ropes up to it. So when we're not using them, we put orange cones over there. Well, I was in there just to you know, move just a couple pieces of equipment and get out. I didn't think like it'd be a big issue. So I didn't do it. But as soon as I grabbed a piece of equipment and turned around, I, I had already forgotten. And then I tripped over it, lunged out very violently. And the, my body just naturally, I caught myself and I held the 40 pound rack that I was holding and immediately felt something happen. And then within the next day, oh, I was paying the price. And then, you know, story continues on and on after that. <laughs> Oh yeah. So you definitely, yes. So you had an injury and so breaking down your incident, you are lifting something. So you are likely already overusing your back muscles. You're doing something heavy. I know that for sure that you're using your back muscles more than they needed to be. 
So they're already toned and your nervous system already knew to use them. So then when you had the injury that disc herniated, the muscles are going to contract even more so on back muscles that were already overworked. So it basically goes into a protective state and it just guards you right there. Now, a lot of times, even with a herniation, a lot of times you don't even need to have surgery if we can get the back muscles to calm down. And that's the key. But in order for the back muscles to calm down, your rib cage has to drop down and in on the front side. Most people don't do that. A lot of times we're taught suck your gut up and in, strengthen your back to help you with a herniated disc. And that can lead to more problems because you're overtraining the back muscles to continue to compress on a disc that's already herniated. And so the options are you can learn to change your nervous system. So you regain some space back so that your, your disc area and your low back area can heal, or you can do surgery and you can cut out space so that you gain space in that area. So tissues aren't pinching together. Now, the problem is when that, when you have something like that, you have to be a little bit careful because your nervous system hasn't changed. So often with back surgery, person's okay for a year or two, and then they have to have another surgery on the level above or below because the nervous system hasn't changed. So the muscles are still going to pull abnormally on those bones, creating more problems. And you just keep working your way up and down the spine. Yeah. And in my case, uh, regardless of the nervous system, just the physical pressure now on the discs above and below my injury, it's just that your chances of getting another injury go up and up and up. So it's just, you have to be even more careful. And uh, just hearing about your, sto your story about the, the tennis player, you know, getting through that pain, I imagine someone like myself or anyone else that had an injury like an ACL tear that chose opted to do the surgery now is even more risk and should be even more protective of that, uh, you know, that injury in that space. Yes, I wouldn't say to be more protective. I would say become more relaxed and become more in control of your nervous system. Because if you are, if you are changing your behavior into being more protective of your back, guess what? It's going to tighten up more and cause more problems than oh. if you learn how to relax your back, learn how to get your rib cage into position and change that way. You don't want to be more protective in, in a different sense of the word protective, because if you kick in that fight or flight nervous system, because you're guarded and fearful, now you guarantee that your back mechanics are going to be off. But I feel because of my injury that my, I bet you my fight or flight response and my nervous system are on the high end. And I probably need you more than someone else who chose not to do the surgery and went that route. So yeah, definitely, <clears throat> definitely. Cause you have a fear that's, that's ingrained in you now it's imprinted in your muscles and it's imprinted in your body, which it's a valid fear. I completely get it, but we need to work through it and help you understand how to feel your rib cage drop down so that your vertebrae can slide so that you can shift out of that fear. I can tell you that I'll be signing up because <laughs> there is no way I'm having a, a third surgery on this. So Oof. I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, very cool. Well, I think uh, we'll, we'll uh, end the, the episode on that note and, 
And uh, thank you for touching on that. And sp uh, especially since it hit so home to me and I'm hoping a lot of our listeners um, got something from that and uh, we'll uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you. Well, uh, what's, so how's, what's the best way of, for people to get a hold of you? I'm sure you have a website, social media, mm -hmm. YouTube channel. Yeah. So you can Google me, Dr. Amy Novotny. I'm on pretty much all the social medias out there, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those things. Also, my website is paberinstitute.com, P-A-B-R institute.com. But I tell people one of the best things to do is reach out to me, send me an email, amy, A-M-Y at paberinstitute.com. And truly just reach out to me, let me know kind of what's going on in your life. If you need some free resources, if you want to work one-on-one, -on -one, I would be happy to connect with you. Awesome. All right. That's very exciting. And uh, I'll of course put all the, the links in the, the podcast details so people can get a hold of you as well.